Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Hey! My name's Aaron. Aaron Clary. How are you? People call me the Clarymeister. You can call me Clay Clay. Yeah. Oh, I'm in sales? What do I sell? I sell the truth. Out of my asshole. <laughs> yeah. But hey. Hey, I, yeah? Huh? Yeah? See how my, yeah? You like my Z Cavarici pants? Huh? You like my khakis? Yeah. See how the alligator matches the pink uh, shit? Yeah, I can pull off pink. Oh, you damn right I golf. Bro. Are listening to the Clary Podcast. Greetings and salutations. It is the Clary Podcast. Didn't want to do it today. Did not want to do it. Thanksgiving was long and drawn out. It was one set of parents lives on one side of the state, the other set of parents live on the other side of the state, and the state I'm talking about is not Rhode Island or Massachusetts or Connecticut or one of these little pussy East Coast states. Yeah, we're a state. Huh? Our dick is the size of Justin Trudeau. Yay. Uh, no, it was Wisconsin, which is not, you know, it's not California or, or Nevada either, but it's a sizable state. So I had to drive all the way across from my, hey, how you guys doing? Drive all the way across, hey, how you guys doing? And then I got sick. And uh, then I had to do sheetrocking. Got sick and tired looking at these holes in my wall. Some like had some electrical problems. The electricians came in and they they made some holes in the wall. Fine holes, nothing. They didn't just start ripping out sheetrock, but I had to go and paste and just small small little <coughs> piddly shit that I didn't want to do. Had to get rid of the old car. Oh, that was horrible. I did that today. Actually, got choked up about it. Actually, got choked up a little bit. Because uh, I've had that car, not necessarily for so long, but for so many miles. This is the car. It was a Kia Rio. And uh, what did it have? It had like 30-odd thousand miles on it when we got it. It had almost 180,000, so about 140,000 miles we drove on it. And all these adventures and all the... I mean, it took it all over the place. Drove it from Minnesota through Montana to Wyoming. No, to the Bakken oil fields. Then we went to Wyoming. Then I went all the way down to Colorado. Then I went to Vegas. Then we went to Lake Havasu in, in summer. Drove it all the way back. I'd taken that car everywhere. I think he even took it. Did I take it out? No, nah, I took my truck out to the east. You know, think about it. Over the past, what, five years, had that vehicle. And just reliable. Do the scheduled maintenance. Follow it in bachelor pad economics, boys. Do your scheduled maintenance. Pay a mechanic to do it. The cars today will last almost 200000 guaranteed. And then um, my mechanic, he's looking at it, he's like, yeah, it's time for a new timing belt, but you got a leak in the radiator because radiator, it's got to get fixed. we got to replace the radiator. Probably have to do like a valve job or something. There's oil leaking, and it's going to cost you 2000 I only paid like 3500 for the car. I'm like, ah. Oh. Now, if I'm going to spend that much money, I'll get the new car. So I got the new car, but the old car just been sitting there. 
And not only is it a pain in the ass to get rid of because you got to like, ah, Craigslist, am I going on Craigslist? Oh, and you got to meet people. Half of them don't show up. And we're talking about for something that I'm going to get no more than 500 bucks for, max, max. And you could go to CarMax, but we got to set up at a point. I like, I forget it. So I dropped it off at Newgate School, um, which is like this nonprofit. They, you, you drop off any car. You could drop off any car because what they do is they use it to teach, um, uh, I don't want to say desperate people, but uh, certainly poor people, people coming out of jail, people just down on their luck. Hell, I probably should. If I had gone to New- Newgate School and learned to become a mechanic uh, instead of going to the university right next door to it, I probably would have been way further ahead than I am now today. A lot happier, too. And so you get a tax deduction and all that. And it's just easy here. Bada boom, bada bing. They know how to do the paperwork and all that. And uh, it was sad, man. I got in the car. Hence, I've been using the new car for a while. The old one's just been sitting there because the, the timing belt is about to go. And uh, I just get in. You get that smile. I'm like, oh, crap. This is the last time I'm going to be riding in this car. This is the last time. Me and my buddy, you know. Not that the car has sentience, but I'm like, damn it. You know, and you're like, oh, this is the last, oh, I remember with this, I remember that. I remember when we were, you know, when I had to go up on top of the roof and stamp down because there was something loose. I remember this. Oh, we went to North Dakota. And so what I did, and I didn't tell the, the girlfriend's even more distraught about it than I am, but I, I pulled off the Rio part of, uh, took a, a uh, screwdriver and, and prop, pried that off. And it was it was like it was like driving your car to the vet to put it down, you know, like okay, it's gonna go to a better place now. Actually, probably it is Newgate will probably fix it up, and then what they do with the car is they sell it on the cheap and you know sell it to people who are poor and, and stuff. People like me, ten twenty years ago. But still, it's like oh, you pull it up, and then what really hurt is when I had to take the license plate off. Took off the license plate. And I walked up into the, the new gate and I looked at the car and it didn't have the plates. And I'm like, shit, that's not my car anymore. So I had gone in, gave the gal the paperwork. I said, where's the bathroom? She said, oh, it's down the road or down the hall. Went to the bathroom. Number, number onesies, not twosies. Came out. She already had the paperwork done. And I'm like, oh, sign here, sign here and give us your, your dog. We'll put it to sleep. And I'm like signing it. And I'm like, ah, dang it. Walked out, patted the car on the hood. And then left it. Now, and that, that's like the fourth, maybe even fifth car now I've left at Newgate. And every time, it's like bringing a dog. It's like bringing a dog that's too old. It had a stroke. It's starting to eyeballs go crazy. And uh, it's it's not as dramatic as putting a dog down. That That's for sure. But I gave up my the Gutless Cutlass, uh, my Pontiac, 1997 Pontiac. But that thing was a bad. I didn't, that was just my... Stay warm car in Wyoming. I didn't really have a, an affinity for that one. My uh, old, uh, uh, my old Donk Chevy Caprice Classic, nineteen eighty nine. Oh, that was my favorite car. And then, uh, and now this one, the Kia Rio. And Lord knows the new car five years from now. I mean, I don't really like the car. Girlfriends all kind of, I don't like this car. It's not standard. It's not stick. When previous before, what's this car? It's got standard transmission. I don't know why I drive standard. Which just, just proves to you women don't know what they want. You have to tell them what they want. Even the smart ones. Even the smart ones. Now she's already acclimating to the new car. Oh, it's got power steering. This is really nice. I don't need Michelle Obama arms anymore. And then what? It's got air conditioning, which hasn't been an issue now. But, oh, come summertime. She's, and then, you know. She'll appreciate the fact I got her a car with power steering and air conditioning. 
Now watch all you MGTOWs on. Well, what? Did you buy your girlfriend a car? You buy her? Whoa, Clarice did it. No. She bought me my truck, and it's, it's, it's through... Through fairness, actually, we, it's like no, everyone carries their weight, but it was the timing was off. Where it's like, no, you're gonna you're gonna buy me this truck, and then I will get you, I will give you Mike. That's how it worked out. I I had my truck and my my old car, the Kia, and then the girlfriend had her car, and that car was a piece of junk. And uh, I think about on the forty third time something went wrong with it. She's like, can you take it to the dealer? I'm like, no. No, I'm not taking it to the dealer. As a matter of fact, you're selling the damn thing, and if you don't like it, you can leave. And so the car got sold, uh, the proceeds of which... Oh, no, that's right. I didn't have the truck. The proceeds of which went to buy me my truck. I said, here's my Kia. Now you drive back and forth, and oh, no one, no one... Oh, Aaron, you're so mean. You're so mean. How can you do that? You're so... All of a sudden, all the... Uh, uh, she's out of debt and she's like sitting out a pretty good uh, cash war reserve. It's amazing what happens when you get rid of German imported pieces of overpriced shit and you just drive a Kia Rio. Also in people's finances. That was the thing in my book. I did the numbers and I knew it intuitively, but in, in, in the essay, Poor Richard's Retirement, when I was crunching the numbers on new cars, not even fancy cars, not even cars made in Germany, just standard, brand new Chevy Malibus. If you simply don't get new cars, you will have enough to retire by the time you're 65. But no, you, and and this this goes beyond, this goes beyond politics. People who claim to be frugal, people who claim to be uh, uh, minimalists. It's minimal. Do or do not. There is no try. That's it. That's all it is. But man, I don't know what those car commercials do to you people. People who are smart as me, smarter than me. They know the math. They're finance guys. They're frugal. Oh, well, I got to get a new car. Oh, I got a good deal. It's only 2%. (laughs) What did you pay for? $16,000. That was that was my down payment on my first house was sixteen thousand. This young kid, they don't make anywhere near what I do, which is not a lot. Oh, we got a good deal. Oh, it's only got six thousand miles, fifteen thousand dollars. It's just shaking my head. It's like you just enslaved yourself. Most and and I'll I'll admit this. There's only one guy in my group. But this is why I say it's universal. That's why I say it's universal. There's only one guy in my group of friends that buys. Cars equivalent to mine in terms of cheapness and low miles, like he, he goes out, and um, and he's the, he's the multimillionaire. He's the guy that's got real estate portfolio. He's the 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 guy that bills out at three hundred dollars an hour. He's of out of all the people he could afford to have a brand new car if he wanted and a luxury one at that. Nah, he's got himself a Kia Rio too. Did the cash flow clunkers thing? I think he paid three thousand or four thousand for a brand new Kia. Back when Barack Obama was making it harder for people to get used cars, because we took them all off, all off the market. Uh, but then everybody else I know, like they get it, they're luxury vehicles. Ten years ago, the the amenities that exist on average cars today didn't exist, and they're all fancy. We got the heat butt warmers and the heat seaters and this and that and this gadget and this doodaddery. And I, I just get it. I'm like, okay, this is a really nice car. But aside from my tush being a little bit warmer, quicker than it normally would be, how is it any different than my piece of junk Kia? 
I got a car payment. Oh, I got to watch the budget. I don't like people. I, that's just like, you have to watch your budget. What, to go see a movie? Oh, I have to watch my budget. I, oh, I can't go out for dinner. We're not, we're, we're going to Subway. Oh, no, I got to eat out. What, 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 why do you have this fancy Honda? Why do you have this fancy uh, Yukon? What is with this? What is with this? You don't, even, you don't even have a family. What are you doing with an SUV? What are you doing with a hatchback? Of all people, you should have a smart car. You don't own anything. You don't tow anything. Get yourself a smart car, which you're going for very, very cheap, by the way. I was looking at those online. They're like the, oh, what were they called? The PT Cruisers. Like I, I guess they were really cool at one point, and then they went out of fashion very quickly. Um. Because nobody likes the PT Cruiser. I still like the PT Cruiser. If you could find me a low mileage, in shape, you know, uh, a PT Cruiser, reasonably priced, I'd probably get it. I have no problem buying it. But people are like, oh, I, oh yeah, PT Cruiser. Oh, my grandparents. Smart car, same thing. Smart cars, oh, you could get those like four or $5,000 and low mileage. Anyway, so I had to put my dog down. And then I just got back. What do I got to do? What is this? Yeah, I got to. Do a little ceiling work. Got to do tax work in preparation for 2017 or the end of 2017. I got to get my cholesterol checked. I got to check the bank. Oh, no, I did that. Let's cross that out. The old captain here, the old clearmeister did that. He checked that so that other check can cash. I worked out. We could cross that out. I brought, got rid of my car. I could cross that out. I got myself some soup. I could cross that out. Right now, you guys are thinking, did you actually put soup on your thing? Like, yeah, I did. All right. I let my dad know about podcasts. I paid Arini. We're set to go. All I got to do is a little bit of work later on this evening. I didn't want to do the podcast. I really didn't. Did not want to do it. All this small little piddly crap. It's been building up. I remember remember when you're like in college. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's part home ownership, part having a job. But in like you always had time to go for a bike ride or go camping or go for a for a road trip. And I, I understand, yeah, you know, okay, I gotta do the dishes or I gotta mow the yard, but there's there's something about adult life. Even without kids, even without kids, like it, it, with college, it was like you were done with work and then you could go. For an entire day, maybe a day and a half, working full-time and going to school full-time, I always managed to find a, find a way to get a bike in, go out biking. And now I am on fire. I, I started timing it, trying to assess. You always want to wonder. I'm, I'm starting to get to a new edge, a new realm of philosophy. Because unlike MGTOW or feminism or environmentalism, a social justice warrior. We don't just sit and stew and come up with new ways to be oppressed. We don't, we don't rehash and, and regurgitate and eat our own puke time and time again. We, we, we move on. And uh, one of the things I'm trying to learn or focus on is dethrottling. And maybe I should just write a post about it to, to crystallize my thoughts to, to help me figure it out. But the past 25, well, since I was 18, that's more than 25 years. However many years that was, 25 years, it's just been blah, full throttle, redlining, 15,000 RPMs. And now that the battle is over, now that the house is paid off and I've won, 
Now that I've achieved and passed the finish line, even had a party to celebrate, so I knew there was, you know, psychologically there was a, a demarcation point. There was a, a, a psychological finish line. Now it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, now I can relax. But no, your hand is stuck in that position because it's been there for 25 years. And just because the times are good, the iron's hot, doesn't mean you stop now. Doesn't mean you don't stop writing blog posts. Doesn't mean you don't stop podcasting. Oh my gosh, asshole consultants pulling me along more than anything. I have to keep it up. Just to knock that shit off. So you got you make the money, you, you know, work while time is good, uh, make hay while there's sun. But I I added it up one time. Instead of like, well, I'm not doing that much. I'm not. It's like you don't realize how much you work. You really don't as an adult. What you ought to do is measure from the time you leave, not for the time you leave for work. I'd say for the time you start getting ready for work, because that is work. To the time you get home and stop working. And what I mean by that, you're not running chores anymore. You're not making dinner. You're not running errands. You're doing something fun that you like. And usually for most people that's watching TV for me, that's turning off the computer, taking my shower. I, I, I stay in my pajamas because my pajamas are basically my workout clothes. Uh, and then I, it's not until I'm done working out and doing all that do I take a shower in the evening before the girlfriend gets home. That's why I'm handsome and pretty and I smell good. Uh, but not until you're, like, you're done for the evening, you're done working. All right, how many hours is that? And I was doing the math on that. And even though I wake up 9, 10, I don't stop until 10, 11. And so we're looking at 12 hours nonstop. Oh, did you drive to somebody's place for Thanksgiving? That's work. Oh, when you're young, road tripping is fun and everything. But when you're 42, it's like, God damn it. Plus, it's not novel anymore. You know, I don't need to drive Highway 94 ever again between here and Milwaukee. I don't. I've seen it. I know the towns. There's Toma. Oh, here comes Linden Station. Hello, Madison. Oh, there's uh, Lake Mills, and then Oconomowoc, which is Oconomowoc, but it don't don't correct me, I know. Uh, there's Heartland, no, they took away the smiley barn face. I don't know why they did that. That was always there since 1975, since I was alive. Then there's Milwaukee. Go the way back. Hey, look, there's some bluffs by Camp Volk. Here's the river. Hey, we're back home. That's work. How much do you actually sit down and relax? And that's what I realize is I'm doing 12-hour workdays. Not to say, it, it's not when you're at the office. It's not when you're at the office. That's where you, oh, I work an eight-hour shift. No, you wake up at a crack of a fart in the morning. Then especially women, I feel bad for you women. I'll, I will grant you this. You got to put way more effort into your looks than men do. Men, we just kind of, well, I'll go in with the five o'clock shadow. You girls, you got to do your hair. You got to do your makeup. You got to do your lipstick. Uh, you got to put on this with that, that with this. Do the shoes match this? Do the drapes match the, the socks? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm not asked my opinion at 6 a.m. when the girlfriend goes off to work. She just scurries away. When she comes back, oh, that's what you wore. That's pretty. Then you go, you drive, you commute. That's work. When you get there, it's work is work. Lunch. Even lunch I found to be a task, a chore. Because you're still moving. You're still going. Okay, I got to go get there. Or you're still making it at home. Now, maybe you give yourself a 15-minute break where you actually sit down and do nothing. Maybe you chit-chat. Maybe you relax. Ah, back to work. 
Then you hop on the car. Now you're back in commute and rush hour. Oh, wait, now you got to go to the grocery store. You got to get that. You got to get this. Oh, I forgot to pick up bleach. We ran out of bleach. Yeah, I've been using vinegar. I didn't notice, but that would explain why the toilet isn't as clean as it normally is. Bleach is just as, or vinegar is just as good as bleach. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I saw it on the website. They say, you know, Coochie LaRue on her on her home living uh, podcast I listen to says, vinegar is the solution to everything. There should be no, I read somewhere at theysay.com that bleach causes cancer. Fine, get the bleach, bring it in. Get the bleach, come back home. Then you got to bleach the And then it's not until 9 or 10. Are you actually in then? But then you're sleeping. And so I kind of want to throttle back. Wanna throw, but you can't. You just can't. Because the house needs to be bearing. What is it? I got sheetrock under the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Doctors. Oh, boy. I love going to the doctor. That's, that's just something fun I want to do. See, that's something you didn't do in your 20s. Doctor? Who the fuck is that? What's a doctor? Dentist, yeah, dentist's all right. You go and get your cleaning. That's not too bad. You know, insulate the house. Split wood. I already winterized all the motors and vehicles. It's not vehicles. It's how many engines you got. You got to winterize your engines. It's another thing you young millennial boys don't know anything about. Oh, that's it. How you guys doing? Oh, I would like opinions. You can email me your fan mail. Or hate mail, whatever. Uh, my mom finally, I can't say finally got a smartphone. She got a quasi half ass smartphone. And I'm, I'm at a paradox. Uh, it took me and my siblings 15 years longer than it should have to get my mom's set of parents, my mom and stepdad, to get a computer. I think they got a computer finally in 2003, 2004, maybe as late as 2005. Actually, no, I think it was 2005. It was. Because they're like, oh, they were still going to, to not even Target or Walmart. Where do you go? I don't even know where you go to get film developed. They were still getting film developed. Hey, well, can you go and print those? No, I'm not fucking printing them off. Get a fucking computer with a fucking email address and we'll email you the fucking pictures. Go and get the film developed. So it must have definitely, that was the thing. It was like, look, we're taking pictures. You just can't see them because you don't have a fucking computer. Now, if you get a computer and you set up an email account, we can email you these pictures of our lives and you can see what we're doing. And it saves us time, it saves us money, and you can email and you can chat. And there are things and stuff on this thing called the interwebs. So we, fi- we, brought- we bought them a computer and then they're like, oh wow, this is great, why didn't we get one earlier? And you just... So we got them in that. But just to show you how at least 10 years behind, at least if not 15, maybe even 20. So they're all, they get the email, everything's fine. It's not that they're dumb, they're just lazy. Old people are lazy. They don't want to, we used Abacus back in the day and that's good enough for us. We don't need no your do-dang-diggly calculators. What do you mean solar powered? We have sundials. Don't you get, don't you give me none of that wristwatch talk to me, you young whippersnapper. So they, they, they're just late. They don't want to adapt. That's what it boils down to. When we get it, we show them. Oh, this is great. Who is it? It's like, yeah, no shit. Welcome to George Bush's first administration. 
So then, as you guys are all well aware, the technology has evolved and advanced to where it's now on the smartphone. And with the combination of, you know, you don't have digital cameras anymore, except my parents do. Uh, you got your phone. Perfect 14 megapixel camera in your phone. Perfect. MP3 players in your phone. I got an MP3 player right here. Can't get rid of it right here. Can't get rid of it. Want to know why? Because no kid wants it. I got my smartphone. Still a great MP3 player. I can't get rid of it. I'm trying to figure out who to give it to. Maybe my old man. But uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Point is, smartphones come along. And now with Face Chat and Snaptogram and InstoFart, uh, it, it, you guys know, you text the pictures. You text it or you Facebook it. You don't even bother going to log into your email account, take your camera phone, pull out the SD card, put it into the SD slot, attach it from there. You guys know, you just, oh no, I just take it from my phone, I hook it up there, I have, I have an app. It's a small computer in my hand, a handheld computer that also makes phone calls occasionally. So as, as smartphones become more and more prevalent and people start moving away from email... I get a picture of my niece or some great vista I'm on while riding my motorcycle, and I want to send it to my ma. Can't send it to my ma. But, you know, I take over over the years, I got about 500 pictures because I do a lot of traveling. I'm not like a chick. Well, ooh, look what I'm eating. Ooh, look at this. Ooh, look at a girl's party. Woo, we're at, well, look at my martini. I'm not like that. I'm like, hey, look at where uh, the Yampa and Green Rivers meet in Vernal, Utah. At Dinosaur National Monument, this is the proto the proto start of the Grand Canyon. Look at this grand vista of uh, Chaco uh, Canyon. Look at this look at this amazing mountain. Look at this mountain I climb. I, I take pictures, but I take good pictures, and I hike and bike and do a lot. So I have many of them, and so I keep everybody updated. You know, I could text you know mass text same email. Okay, put it hey look where I am. Fuck you assholes. You guys are working. Ha 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 ha. Uh, oh, hey, look, today's office, and it's, you know, Ure, Colorado, with the picturesque mountains and a waterfall. Uh, enjoy your commute. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, so I can bang, I'll put them up on the Facebook and the, the Twittergram or whatever. But then it, then it, and it, it's just my mom, just my mom. They're not on social media, and the only way you can contact them is email. So I'm like, Mom, can you get a smartphone? No, I like this phone. It calls it. Okay, okay, Mom, I know, but that way I can send you pictures. Well, why can't you email them? You know, you used to email me pictures. I was like, Mom, I have 500 pictures. Uh, and, and I got to the point where I was putting them on a thumb drive, and I'd give it to her, and then she'd put it on the television, and they'd scroll through it like you did in the olden days with the with the slot. What did they call them? It was a round carousel of um slides a slide projector it was like that it was eerily it's like it's slightly new technology but it's the exact same thing you gather everybody over you force them down you put in the slide projector this is back in the 70s you kids don't remember this and you just hit a a button and then a new picture would come up and oh this is us over at the grand canyon oh here we are over at uh canyonlands national park Oh, here's your Uncle Herbert. You haven't seen him. He's, he's kind of removed from the family. He's, he's a little weird. He lives off in the desert in Nevada, but we stopped in. That's his dog, uh, Coco. Oh, here's, here's Bob. We stopped at this cute little diner just outside of uh, 
of uh, Clovis, New Mexico was wonderful. And you, you, that's why people drank. And it was the same thing. Like, okay, and I wanted to go through it quickly. Okay, here's me on my motorcycle. This is the Grand Canyon. This is Black Hills National Forest. This is the Badlands. You've already seen that. No, no, no. How would you get there? What would you do? I, I took my motorcycle out there. I, I thought I could explain that. I told you I was going on this ride. Here's, here's the picture of the motorcycle. It's badly. Well, just let us look at him. I'm like, you've been there before. I've, seen, I've showed you other pictures from the time. It doesn't change. It's the same thing. Oh, is that Mount Rushmore? Yeah, well, let's just look at it a bit. It's like nobody even looks at Mount Rushmore when they're there in person. It's just like, oh, there it is. So, finally, I, I, I explained to my mom you know, like intervening with a drug addict. Like, Mom, if you want to get pictures from not just me and my brother and my sister, but everybody else that you love and care about, the technology has moved from email because it takes too damn long to log in. Well, I think it's pretty fast. Mom, you may think that because you're stuck in 1983, but everybody else has moved on to 2017 with... That John Oliver faggot. I say, all right, so if you want to see people's pictures, you have to be on the same media platform. You have to use the same technology. Otherwise, they're not going to spend the time to log in. Because it was actually easier for me to go buy some Lord knows how many gigabyte thumb drive, load up all my pictures and give it to my mom. I think they exceeded the attachment capacity, actually, is what it boiled down to. I say, so if you get a smartphone, it allows for two things. One, it allows for texting. They didn't have a phone. They didn't text. They had a flip phone. Well, I like it. I get it at Walmart, and, you know, for, for $50 a year, I have unlimited call. Yeah, no shit, because you're not using any of the bandwidth. You're not using any bandwidth. I think you're just using the, the, the radio waves. So I said, everyone has a smartphone, and that's where their camera is. All the pictures are on the camera. Now, they can plug it in the computer, and they can download it the computer, and they can and email it to you in pieces, three at a time, because the, the picture quality is so high, and the attachment capacity is so low. Or you can get a smartphone too, Mom, and you can have them text it directly to your phone. But I don't like it on the itty-bitty screen. I know! We can, we can transfer it from your phone to the computer if you want to look at it, but in the meantime, that's how people do it. So my mom says, like a month later, she says, I have something to show you. So she comes to the city and I go, okay, what do you have to show you? And she pulls out what looks like a smartphone. It has a camera. It's like a brick. It, you know, it, it has a touch screen. Uh, she gets texting and everything with it. She didn't install any apps. I said, this is great. This is great. I said, so who you go with? Did you go through... Uh, Verizon? Did you go through T-Mobile? She says, oh, no, I went through Walmart. And just immediately I'm like, oh, shit. What fucking old fart baby boomer geriatric half-assed blue plate special cell plan does she have? I said, uh, so how does it work? She says, oh, well, for, and I think it was... <laughs> 120 don't quote me on it, maybe $200 a year. She gets unlimited calls, and she says, but I get 1,500 texts. <laughs> and I know to her she thinks that's a lot. 
I know to her, she's like, I'm never going to use 1,500 texts, you know? And, and I used to see, think the same way. Like, I, I hate texting. I, uh, but this was a decade ago for me. I didn't want to text. You got so hard to call me. Then I found out as I got older, texting is the most wonderful thing ever because I don't have to talk to any of these assholes. They don't get to talk to me. I just text back. And no, I didn't, nobody even checks their voicemail anymore, I don't think. You go through 43 messages. All old people thinking that because they don't have texting. So uh, so I'm kind of laughing. I'm like, oh, you got 1,500 texts, huh? 1,500 for the year, right? She's like, yeah. I'm like, huh? So now this is where I sit. Cappy Capbites, lieutenants, economists, aspiring economists, deputy economists, agents in the field, enemies and otherwise. Do I tell my mom that her plan is shit to drop the extra nickel and get a real plan? Which would be more than a nickel, I know. Uh, because 1,500 texts is not enough. It's just not that much. Or do I just let her figure it out on her own and text my mom regularly like I normally, like, hey, mom, here's a picture. Hey, mom, here's a picture. Hey, look, me and grandma are having dinner. And then make her realize that 1,500 texts ain't going to last her more than a month and a half. I... There's a piece of me given how much I bang my head against the wall trying to get my mom to understand the technology and why she must move along with it if she wants to see pictures of nieces and nephews and kids and adventure and all that other stuff. But given how hard that was, I'm thinking maybe I'll just shut up and and let the math do the talking for me because I I just, it was just this. Like, who comes up with these plans? I know, I know. What, are you guys at Walmart or whatever cell phone carrier provides this this half-ass plan? Are you guys happy with yourselves? Are you, are you, are you happy giving these old farts like, I have a smartphone. You know what it's the equivalent of? It's like when you give the kid, the little, the little two-year-old kid, a little toy piano, they think they're Mozart. It's kind of the same thing, but reversed on the old side. You give an old fart a smartphone, but a plan that barely does anything, and they think, look, I got a smartphone. Playing some play school piano. Tink, 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 tink. I'm texting. So that's uh, that's what was happening in Cappy Land. So um, maybe we should do some sponsors, huh? Oh, the length of which is getting long. All right. BusinessBuyerAdvantage.com. In order to get ahead and take advantage of tax laws and maximize your lifestyle, you need to be in business for yourself. It's faster, cheaper, easier, and less risky to buy an already successful business than it is to try to do a startup. Access tons of free information about how to buy or sell a business at BusinessBuyerAdvantage.com. That's all the free stuff. You just go there, watch his YouTube channel, uh, David Burnett. Just check him out, okay? If you would like to see, uh, I'm sorry, if you, li- if you like what you see and want to go deeper by talking to, uh, talk, taking the Business Buyer Advantage course online, use the dis- discount code CLARY to get a special price. And then keep in mind, uh, Dave has also got a bunch of books. And in short, you say, well, who, who the hell is this guy? What is it? He used to be a business broker, which means he had to analyze, he would buy and sell businesses, which means he had to go in deep, understanding a bunch of different industries all their financials, everything, uh, in order to know exactly you know what the value of that business was. What a lot of people are doing today is they're going and they're buying 
small businesses because they think that's going to be their retirement or I'm sick and tired of working for the man and they make a ton of mistakes and they end up going bankrupt. So before you do that, before you cash in a quarter million dollars of your 401k, spend a thousand dollars on Dave. Right, go to businessbuyeradvantage.com, tell them the captain sent you. Praxy, download the Praxy app, P-R-A-X-E-Y, if you want to talk to me directly. Uh, and this will primarily be used uh, like if you have an emergency asshole consulting situation and you need to talk to me on my phone. You don't get my phone number, but it's an app that connects to me. You just search asshole consulting on, on the Praxy app. You'll find me there. Uh, and then you, uh, I think you got to provide pay, payment information. And it essentially acts as a 1-900 number. It's $2 a minute. It's expensive. $25 minimum. All right. Uh, and uh, basically, if you got to talk to me for whatever reason, and it's a crisis, get me on the phone, assuming I'm awake. And I always try to answer when it rings. Uh, if not, that means I am either sleeping or dead or previously occupied. I'm nowhere near my phone. Please have your question ready because it's expensive as hell. I don't care how long you blather. I really don't. Uh, but if, if you know, it can be done at about five to ten minutes, ideally which is going to be like a $40, maybe $30 call if you do it right. Uh, but download the Praxy app, P-R-A-X-E-Y. <clears throat> Available on the uh, Google Store, or the iPhone Store, wherever the hell you get your apps. Jacob's Adult Playground, if you uh, ever want to go to Vegas, check out that site first, and Jacob will get you in. He'll save you a lot of money in terms of strip clubs, nightclubs, drink specials, limo service, all right? They are out there to take your money in Vegas. Make sure, then they're going to take your money one way or the other. Make sure you get the most out of the money that they take. Go to Jacob's Adult Playground. You can find that on the interwebs. You got my books, Reconnaissance Man, Black Man's Got Out of Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Decline, Curse of the High IQ, and my latest one, Poor Richard's Retirement. They all make great Christmas gifts. Don't go, don't go shopping in the physical stores. Don't. All right? And if you don't know what to get somebody, get them one of these books. If you got like baby boomer parents who like, it's time to get serious about retirement, Herman, get them Poor Rich's Retirement because it'll actually give them hope. You only need about 175 grand per person to retire. Right? It shows you how. If you don't have any money right now saved up in an IRA or 401k, don't worry. Read the book. It will explain to you why you should not worry. Look, for the 7 or $8, let me ask you this. I'm being serious. How much is it worth you that you never have to worry about retirement again or feel guilt or shame for not having anything saved up for retirement? Not like, oh, I'm too busy. Da, 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 da. I know I should have recovered, but I didn't. I know. Just like, hey, I don't have anything invested either. Now, I have a house paid off and I have a business. Now, that's, that's different. And it's covered in that essay. But if you don't have anything saved up and you're all ashamed about it because you're 35 or 40 or 45 or 50... Get Poor Richard's Retirement, and it'll explain to you why the world is not over and why maybe that was a better thing you did, all right? Uh, in any other case, all my books are available in paperback and Kindle, and they'll be of benefit to someone. The black man's got out of poverty. You got a good black friend of yours who maybe he's on the left side because if he wasn't, they kick the shit out of him, and Jesse Jackson would come down and call him on Uncle Tom, all right? Uh, you got a young man who's not listening to you about majoring in stupid stuff. Get him worthless. You got a young man or a woman who's about to go forth in life, graduate from high school or college, get them bachelor pad economics. Girls are allowed to read that. Reconnaissance man, for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing in their life, get them. I got books for everybody. 
In any case, go get them on. They're, they're, they're all available online. Curse of the High IQ is one everybody should be buying. There should be a huge uptick in sales after I publish this podcast. Uh, and then, related to doing your Christmas shopping, do all your Christmas shopping through the Captain's Amazon Affiliate Program. Okay? Go ahead and do that. Do not waste your time or your money uh, or your sanity going to actual physical stores and dealing with the normies and the conformies and the inferiors. You are a superior. You are a better than the average bear. All right? You are elite. You deserve calmness and serenity. How do you do that? You get your shopping done for Christmas? Well, you could do it efficiently, save time and money, I'd add. Add money because you've got to spend all the, the gas and, and not to mention you sacrifice all your time. Just go to my Amazon affiliate program. CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. To the right, in the right columns, there were all the advertisements. In top right, not very top right, but I think two things down below, you'll just see a banner that says Amazon. Click on that. Do all your Christmas shopping there. They do all the work. And then you could go on and spend time with your kids. You can have sex with your wife or have sex with your husband. Um, you can go ice fishing or you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You're just not going to Walmart. You're not going to the mall. You're not dealing with whining, crying, screaming kids. You're not dealing with, dealing with a potential terrorist attack. I'm surprised a terrorist hasn't hit a mall yet. I am so surprised the Mall of America has not got hit yet. Uh, in either case, uh, be smart. Do all your, your Christmas shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. Do all your online show, uh, shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. And remember to get your nose hairs trimmers. If anything, go get nose hairs trimmers. CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, search Nose Hairs Trimmers, both men and, and women, and you can also use them for your ears, I found out. Uh, what else? We have other people's books. If you don't like mine, we have Adam Piggott's books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, Pushing Rubber Downhill, uh, both of them by Adam Piggott. If you have a young man who's basically a putz and doesn't know what it's like to be a man, or you're just, you're just a fellow man yourself and you're interested in the story of of a man who's gone through all sorts of hell, sickness, running nightclubs, um, uh, doing whitewater rafting, guiding, uh, motorcycling across Australia. He's almost done as much stuff as me. Almost! <laughs> and yet, he hasn't used Irish Spring soap. You see, that's that's like, you know, it, it, he, he's almost there. He's almost there, but he's not brave enough to try the Irish Spring soap. And uh, that's that's where my respect for him goes away. So, I mean, if if you want to read a book about a guy who just drove across Australia on a motorcycle and did whitewater rafting across all the different continents and uh, what else, uh, ran, a, ran a, a nightclub and then uh, self-treated himself with uh, natural diet and, and, and health and not doctors from, a, from a, a disease that would have really crippled him for the rest of his life. Um, but he just... He just hasn't used Irish Spring soap. I'm, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, you can you can pick up a thing or two from him, and you can also listen to his podcast. Go to pushingrubberdownhill.com. You'll find all of Adam Pickett's stuff there. Uh, I talked about Carrie Lutz's viral podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, get that book, Viral Podcasting. Rollo Tomasi's uh, Positive Masculinity. It's his third book. Go to the Rational Male. Dot com. You can read his blog and pick up his book there. And also check out his uh, whiskey sales over at tapwhiskey.com, spelled without the E. 
Marcus Brown's book, another book niggas ain't going to read, or as I like to call it, The Book Awoke for Black Folk. If you happen to be black, you will like this book because uh, unlike my book, it is written by a black man who grew up Southside Chicago and actually can speak directly about the experiences of uh, the black community, whereas I had to interview a ton of different uh, black folk uh, and then merge my economics and my poverty experiences into it to create the book that I wanted to write. Uh, but if you don't happen to be black, you just kind of want to see the world that, that black people live in. It's sad. I won't, I won't lie to you. Some of this stuff, I was calling up Marcus. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They fall for that. It's like, oh, dude, all the time. And then I'm like, yeah, I guess if, if you're going to go rent rims, I guess there are a lot of suckers in the black community that's, you know, they're going to get grills and it's all about flashing cash and not actually saving money or having a reliable 401k. So anyway, get that book, uh, Black or White, uh, Hispanic or Asian, another book niggas ain't gone read. Perils of Information Age, that's written by a client of mine. If, you wanna, if you're worried about, oh my gosh, our robot's going to take our jobs, check out Perils of the Information Age. And Glorious Carl's book, Trade the Ratio. If you are interested in either starting to invest in precious metals or trading precious metals, because you're already invested in precious metals, this book is for you. First half is an introduction as to the merits of investing in precious metals. And the second half is a, a tutorial, a formula, a, a process, if you will, as to how to trade the ratio between gold and silver and make a little bit of profit. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Oh, the news. There's so much stuff. I don't even care to... You don't... It's impossible to keep up with the stupid. It's just impossible. Um, I'm not going to talk about Taisha Baker, uh, the racist cunt bitch whore. Who what? She says that white, she was a nurse that says white women should t- abort their babies or something like that. And, and, and that's, that's um, I mean, what do you say about it? Aside from like, I think white people going forward, and mark my words here, uh, 2047 is when they estimate whites will be less than half the population. But you have to understand that the majority of old people will be white and the majority of young people will not be white. And so the majority of you Gen X people who voted in for diversity and everything, just like you're a program, just like you millennials, uh, you'll be old farts and you'll be reliant upon disproportionately non-white orderlies, nursing staff, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you got to wonder like, oh, are they going to, Heck, right now the white nurses are always bumping off somebody. What's going to happen when they have a genuine racial bigotry and hatred for you because of the color of your skin, like Taisha Baker? Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, maybe maybe I'm going to get a healthcare system in Japan. You know, it's like, ah, uh, here's the gaijin. Ah, uh, here's a white, here's a Yankee. All right, let's take care of him because, you know, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not having Taisha or what was the other gal's name? Mahogany Essence. Yeah, I'm not having Mahogany or Taisha or Laquinda or another individual. I remember her name was Aquanet. I'm not, no, you're not my nurse. You're not my nurse. You're not my doctor because I can't trust my health. I can trust, I can't even trust if you're going to make the burger, frankly, without spitting in it. And I, I could trust if like, okay, you're going to take my change over the Chicago toll. All right, fine. You're, I could trust you to sell me a, a, a phone. I could trust you to sell me insurance. I'm not trusting you with my health. 
I'm not trusting you with my meds. And I'm terribly sorry. If I need health care, I'm going to go to Switzerland. I'm going to go to Iceland. I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go where there isn't a fucking Taisha ever. Just a bunch of Sven and Olis. And you could call that racist, but it was started by racism against whites. I just don't have it. Oh, what else we got? Oh, here's one. ESPN. More ESPN layoffs will slash 80 million in salaries and other cost sources say. ESPN is poised to slash an estimated 80 million in salaries and other costs in coming weeks, sources tell Sporting News. The third round of layoffs in two years at the Disney owned sports network is expected to come down after Thanksgiving and before Christmas. Sport, Sporting News broke the news that ESPN planned to lay off up to 60 people in late November and early December. Richard Deitch of Sports Illustrated. Does anyone even read that anymore? I remember they had real, those commercials would come hit us kids on cartoons like G.I. Joe. Oh, you have to get Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated. Is there anything more boring than sports except reading about sports? Okay, let me take that back. Playing sports is fun. Watching sports is boring. Reading about sports? I mean, really, playing video games of sports is more honest than that. Reading about sports, like the Wild or some kind of an... I should go pull some old Sports Illustrated from like the 80s and the 70s. See just what brilliant writing and editorial that was. Uh, Richard Deitch of Sports Illustrated follow up with a report that said 100 positions could be impacted. ESPN declined to comment Monday. Previously, ESPN laid off 100, mostly on-air anchors, reporters, and hosts this April, including well-known names such as John Clayton. Wow, he's my favorite! Trent Diffler and Britt McHenry. Oh, yeah. In October of 2015, the company laid off 300 staffers, including well-respected executives such as Gus Ramsey and Jerry Madelon. Look, ESPN is not going anywhere. Sure, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's not going anywhere. Uh, it's still by far the largest, most successful sports cable network, dwarfing upstart competitors such as Fox Sports FS1. It's world-class journalists? How can you call them journalists? What What is there to journal about? What is there to report on? Big dumb ape threw ball to other big dumb ape? ape? Uh, sloth hits ball out of park? Guy uh, runs real fast? Uh, 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 ogre breaks leg out for three weeks? What, what What's there to report on? I know, I know the official reason that ESPN is cutting staff is because people are cutting the cord and they're switching from cable and they're going to digital. But the attempt to be journalists and provide some kind of political analysis, remember, everybody loves politics mixed with their fun. Everybody loves that because that's what professors told you to do. And now you have a bunch of, quote, anchors and what you call journalists, I call them hacks, I call them washed-up professional athletes. I do have respect for the actual athletes, but when they do this stuff, trying to be detailed in analysis. Oh, you see, we got to bring race and sex and politics into this. You know, it's always about politics. Like, really? You're going to tell the the big dumb apes that tune into you guys wearing your jersey, horking down wings and drinking the diet beers over at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings? You're going to bring politics because I know that's what they want. They want to be lectured at in sermon because they weren't yelled at and lectured at enough over at the warehouse by their equally stupid and guts beer swilling uh, uh, boss. Uh, 
looking to connect with younger consumers, ESPN launched Sports Center on Snapchat with Katie Nolan, L. Duncan, and Cassie Hubbard. It also resigned successful Sports Center host Scott Van Pelt, whose late night show is viewed as a template for more personally focused sports centers. ESPN is far from alone in laying off staffers in the struggling media business, but the numbers don't lie. ESPN lost a whopping $1 billion in affiliate revenue after dropping 13 million subscribers in just six years, according to Sports Business Journal. I wonder, I wonder how many of them are people are just not watching football as well. My, uh, my stepdad, I, we were Thanksgiving visiting him, I said, "What? What? Uh, who, is anyone playing today? He's like, I don't care. I'm not watching that anymore. you got to understand, this guy would watch it no matter what. Not that he was a, a crazy, but he liked his football. He enjoyed it. But that TV wasn't on. And your advertisers weren't going to see his, or his eyeballs wasn't going to see your advertisers' ads. Uh, Sports insiders agree ESPN overpaid for the NFL's Monday Night Football $1.9 billion annually and the NBA $1.4 billion in a year. Now, what would be great is, okay, already football is, is tainted and you guys are losing, what, was it, is it down 10% or something? Because we got we to gotta complain about oppression and all that as we were multi-million dollar uh, black athletes. You got to bring race and politics into it. All right, so football's taken. I can't wait for NBA. NBA. Oh, I can't wait for them to take a knee. Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, during 2016, ESPN's primetime viewership fell 19%. Wow. According to the SBJ. Rather than driving Disney's profits, ESPN has been dragging them down, spooking Wall Street analysts. So wait, Mr. Uh, what, who wrote this? Who's the moron who thinks he's an, an uh, article? Mc, Michael McCarthy. Let's see how many Twitter followers this guy has. Cannot load the... Please try again later. All right, maybe it does. Um, you are totally faking being a journalist, sir. Sir. Child. Let's call you what you are. Child. Boy. We'll call you a boy. Pay attention, boy, when I'm talking to you. Um, you're not doing journalism. You just said ESPN is going anywhere. Well, if it's losing money, it should be immediately canceled. Oh, maybe restructure. Maybe there's, you know, save the brand name. But if something is losing money, you get rid of it because you will go bankrupt otherwise. Of course, I know you're a journalism major. Hell, you are you sports journalism? Did you major in sports journalism? Oh, I want to go major in sports journalism. I want to go into sports management. I lack the, the actual athletic ability to play the game, so I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to provide detailed analysis. I'm going to be a journalist. Fucking fuck. And here you are lying. Oh, ESPN's not going anywhere. Yeah, apparently you know, you don't know how to do, like, accounting 101. You don't know what an income statement looks like. Meanwhile, ESPN management threw money at many anchors, analysts, reporters whose contracts were up in recent years to stop them from jumping to FS1 and other competitors. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is FS1 like making money? Wait, if I tuned into Fox Sports News, would they just tell me about the sports and keep the politics out of it? Like if I want to, I don't know, relax after a day of work? Ah, whatever. What do I know? I don't have a degree in sports management journalism kinesiology. Some lost those high-paid TV gigs this spring, but ESPN is still on the hook to pay their full salaries until they get a new job elsewhere. Not many have over the past six months. Given the length of some of these expensive deals, not many will in the future, according to Awful Announcing. ESPN is dealing with three simple math problems. They have fewer subscribers than they planned for. They have higher costs than they planned for. They lower ratings than they have lower. 
God almighty, he can't even spell. They have lower ratings than they hoped for? Is that what you wanted to say? One source said, The pending layoffs have sparked worry through the halls in Bristol. As the saying goes, you don't work for ESPN, you marry it. Oh, that just sounds like a wonderful culture. Sounds like Yahoo. Many ESPN employees have spent most of their careers in central Connecticut working nights and weekends. Well, fuck Connecticut. Marrying other ESPNers and raising children who play sports with kids of colleagues. That would... Oh, man. Could you imagine being part of the ESPN family? Oh, that would just suck. I, 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 I think the only way you could convince me is like, uh, do I get to bang any of the hot wives and cause chaos and, and ruin? Can I cuck one of them? Can I get one of those guys to pay for my kid? Nobody knows the difference. Losing their job is not just a blip on their resume. What's their fault for tying themselves to like you know their, their actual value to a company? The current Sports Center, coast to coast, with Kerry Champion and David Lloyd is expected to go away this spring. Well, come on, not Kerry Champion and David Lloyd. Come on. It will be replaced by a new show fronted by Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre. Well, okay, now I'm, uh, fuck Champion and fuck Lloyd. You got Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre. Champion is expected to secede Michelle Beadley on the Los Angeles-based Sports Nation. Do, do any of you guys know who these people are? I'm serious. Does anyone in my listening audience know who these people? I just want to know if, like us, like people who have an IQ above 110. This I don't know any of these people's names. Like in the olden days, if you got mentioned in the news, that meant something. But I think there's just such a an overflood of news, and any dipshit and a moron, you know, hanging out in the WBL in Minnesota can get himself a podcast. I mean, what is it worth? Anyone can have a radio show. Anyone can have a, a blog now. According to TBL's Ryan Glassspiegel, as Beetle moves east to join Mike Greenberg's New York City-based morning show. One source at Rival Network said worried producers, directors, and digital staffers are already sending off just-in-case resumes to competitors such as FS1, NBC, NBCSN, and Turner Sports. Other ESPNers are numb, said another source, believing they survived the past two layoffs by the skin of their tree. Oh, not for long. Don't worry. This uh, What was this uh, author's name? Michael McCarthy says ESPN's not going anywhere. All right, so you ESPN employees don't worry about nothing. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. He has a degree in sports journalism, management, and medicine, kinesiology. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. More whining and drama and complaining and bullshit. Oh, uh, what else we got? I'll get some more sponsors out of the way. Uh, the Hanging Chads. Look up the Hanging Chads podcast if you want to check them out. Uh, we have Asshole Consulting. If you need help, you need questions, and you would like the advice and guidance of someone who's an older brother but you don't have one, or you have a father but he's not present because your mom kicked him out or your mom never knew him and you never knew him, or you know who your dad is but he's a fucking faggoty, pussy, liberal, leftist piece of shit, and, he, and your mom wears the pants in the family and your dad never sat you down. And how many did it, any of you ever have your dad sitting down like, let's talk about life planning? Did any of them do that? I don't think anybody does that. Well, yeah, that's what your dad should have done. But they didn't, and thank God they didn't because now I'm employed perpetually and eternally based on the little shits I saw when I went on my, my Thanksgiving trips. Based on the kids I saw uh, these past four or five days, asshole consulting will be around forever. And don't worry, until I'm dead, your older brother, America's older brother, the father you never had, the dirty uncle, uh, 
the IKEA of consultants, the dark night of advice columns, me, Aaron Clary at assholeconsulting.com. Visit there if you got a question. It doesn't have to be video. I've had a couple of emails like, well, does this have to be public? Does it? It's like, no, it's, that's why I do email responses. That's why it's, it's private. Um, I'm actually surprised everybody, most 85% of the people want videos, but it doesn't have to be a video. Uh, we can have a, a quiet. Now, I charge an arm and a leg if you want to talk over Skype. That's $200 an hour. Uh, I don't like Skyping because then I'm your fucking prisoner. Uh, but anyway, so Asshole Consulting, check it out if you got problems and you're not too sure about where to go in life. And then if you are a loser, look into the life improvement plan. Let's say you have one major goal you'd like to accomplish. I would like to lose 50 pounds. Well, having fucking Oprah or Jenny Craig come in and say, go and do it, you're a winner, yay, that's not going to make you do it. However, you giving me $2,000 and me saying, okay, when you lose 50 pounds in the next six months and you can prove it to me, I'll give you back 1000 that's a nice little financial incentive. That's a good little serious kick in the ass for you, isn't it? So check out the Life Improvement Plan. We're going to be turning losers into, not winners, but normal people. Hopefully every day, because I make a shit ton of money off of that. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you may. It's $50 a month. Uh, We get about 3,000 listeners weekly. But that also grants you access. I'll put an ad up on my blog, which gets, I I don't know, I think I'm getting more than I thought. Um, I was getting like 1,200 hits a day. I got to check my stats again, but um, I got over... 12 million views? Certainly 10 million. I don't know what I'm up to for the lifetime of the blog, so it's it's doing quite well. Uh, and then we got the YouTube channel, which is about to hit 37,000. We're almost there. And if you haven't, please subscribe. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Check me out at VidMe. Look up Asshole Consulting at vid.me. Um, and then just subscribe and and follow because then that actually brings in more advertisers. I know it's a pain in the ass, but if you don't want to buy any of my shit online, you already bought my books. Oh, what else? What else can I do to help you, Aaron? That's what you can do. Or you can write reviews of my books. That's another thing that actually helps quite a lot. Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. Tax season's coming up. Get, do what I'm doing on my to-do list. I'm going to start organizing my uh, receipts here pretty soon. Yeah, that's how good I am. That way, January 2nd, after January 1st is over, January, oh, New Year's Day. Well, maybe I could even start doing it New Year's Day. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have my taxes done New Year's Day. Huh? Wow, chicka wow, wow, chicka wow. Chicks will dig me for that. Uh, in any case, if you need an accountant, you want your taxes done right, and you want to save the money that you'd spend on him and more, go to elkincpa.com. Let them know the captain sent you. Conservativebrew.com. Go buy your coffee at conservativebrew.com. Do not go to Starbucks because they're leftists. Do not go to your local organic peace coffee, fair trade, uh, organic Gaia, uh, uh, Native American hair tampon certified. That's a South Park joke. Don't not being crass. I'm just being funny. Uh, don't don't go there because your money's just going to go to leftist causes. Instead, go to conservativebrew.com where your money will go to conservatives, but unlike... Black Rifle Coffee, where your money does go to conservatives, their coffee is much better than, than Black Rifle Coffee. Go buy it now. Because they're, they're telling me, like, oh, hey, yeah, we'd like to do some advertising, but we, we need to make more money. And I'm like, I don't want them to go away because it is good coffee. And if the coffee want to be like, shit, I got to go back to Black Rifle. So check out conservativebrew.com. We have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. Obsidian Radio, you can find him on YouTube. Financial Survival Network with Carrie Lutz. Kanto Talk with our good friend Silvio Kanto. 
Check out or consider getting, uh, getting his book for Christmas, Cubanos in Wisconsin. That's available on paperback and Kindle. O'Shea Jackson, our good friend over in Poland, becoming a doctor. Uh, if you happen to be of the black persuasion or you just happen to be of any persuasion, just like a funny guy who talks about black culture and dating and everything, uh, check out his site, negromanosphere.com. But then also check out his channel on YouTube, uh, YouTube O'Shea Jackson. Um, again, I think he's a priest. He must have been a priest beforehand because the guy just, he's got that cadence. and Not the not the Southern Baptist man. That's not how he sounds. He's just got a, maybe he's the son of a pastor. Uh, Blackbrigade.org. Visit our good friend DT. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. If you want to have a good geek out podcast, check that out. Uh, Entrepreneurs in Cars. Rich Cooper, check him out. God, he got ripped. I don't know what the hell he did, but he got super ripped. Entrepreneurs in Cars. If you're looking for kind of a more masculine, manosphere, older, fatherly, brother type of guy, but he's Canadian, so you can't trust him. You can't trust those fucking Canadians. Check out Entrepreneurs in Cars. That's on YouTube. Uh... Michael Kingswood's podcast. You can check him out at podcast.michaelkingswood.com. If you want to go to his RSS feed, you just slash RSS. And then the safety doc, Dr. Pa- David Paradin. Check him out. Uh, you can just search the safety doc, Dr. Paradin, spelled P-E-R-R-O-D-I-N. You'll find him there. Uh, he does things. And you say, well, why would I listen to safety? That sounds boring. Yeah, unless you have a kid. He delves into the world of statistics, more actuarial, kind of like, hey, what are the chances of a terrorist killing your kid at school? Hey, should you really go shopping? Hey, look out for that truck. Here comes the truck of peace. Oh, what else we got? Academiccomposition.com. You guys know the routine. Hey, finals are, yeah, finals are coming up. You got those final papers. If you don't like writing papers that have nothing to do with your degree, may I recommend hiring Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff at academiccomposition.com. They'll write your papers for you that have nothing to do with your your degree, uh, which should be about half of them at least. Um, And they also do resumes for $100 a shot as well. Uh, Also keep in mind, Alex is always looking to hire. So if you're looking to make a little bit of extra cash this uh, winter uh, and you're really good at writing and you can write bullshit, uh, contact him. He pays by the page. If you write well, well, you you can make decent money. Uh, but it's not fun. It's not fun writing about Marxist indoctrination and why why we should worship the vagina and how there's 43, not 42 flavors of gender. Um, God, I mean, the papers were bad enough when I was a kid. I can only imagine what you guys got to write in college now. Uh, but uh, you could go ahead and write for him. And then he's always looking for marketers as well. That's also a boring job. These are not fun jobs. They're boring. But, but they pay, and you can do them for pretty much anywhere in the world. So you could live like a king in theory going to live in Cambodia. As long as they got internet, you make your $30 per paper. And then for $30, you can buy a palatial estate and 40 yaks down in Cambodia and maybe a maybe a, a hundred concubine of whores. Or is it already implied the concubine is whores? Whatever. I, I don't know. Now listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? Uh, there's been a lot of news. A lot of news. And uh, I don't think it's just the finer net of the internet dragging up all the ugly from the bottom of the ocean i think there are just more scum in the world period um and i did want to get to this one let me get to this one i want to read it real briefly there's a wall street journal article i also wanted to hit on but almost it it's almost so it's a flood 
It's a flood now of this stuff of stupid people all of a sudden looking back and saying, hey, maybe, maybe it wasn't so smart what I did. Maybe I didn't know everything at 18 years old. Uh, from Reddit, <clears throat> uh, this is just a post on Reddit under the MBA segment. I'm a graduate of UC Berkeley with a major in gender and women's studies. I have a 3.94 GPA and a 750 on the GMAT. My we isn't that good. I don't know what we is. I've been a youth outreach coordinator for Asian Pacific Islander Legal Outreach. I make 30000 a year. Yeah, over in San Francisco, you're making nothing. To be honest, I was overly idealistic and extremely naive. I was extremely liberal and socialist, and, I, and that got worse at Berkeley, where I thought good intentions and a pedigreed university would empower me to change the world. So, okay, you admit up front that you're an ego. See, deep down inside, these kids know what they're doing. And you guys who, who majored in liberal arts and stupid shit, you knew what you were doing too. You were thinking, I don't want to work a real job. I'm better. Than, I, I deserve better. Why am I a better person? No, I'm just a greedy fuck. I'm just a greedy, lazy fuck. And so I think real work and struggle is beneath me. And now you're finding out that you tried to go the easy way, which ensures it condemns you to a life of struggle and pain more than had you just bit the bullet up front and majored in engineering. I was deluding myself of the employability of my gender studies degree. I just, that's, that's a precious sentence right there. What employability? How deluded do you have to be to think that a gender studies degree is going to get you somewhere? You really got to be lying. You really got to be drinking the Kool-Aid, uh, uh, vomiting it up and drinking it again to, to really think that there was going to be a job at the end of this. It's actually been a con to some corporate employers. I'm disillusioned. Social justice work is it for me and I want out. The fact that I've learned... The fact I've learned is that some marginalized groups are definitely victims of their circumstances, but others are there for genuinely poor decisions. I'd say 95% of those people are there. The number one, number one cause of those uh, uh, poverty conditions is having kids you can't afford and are not all deserving of unvarnished empathy. I can't take this anymore, but I haven't been able to get a non-retail or non-low-level sales job in the business sector. Why would you? No one is. My dad was a management consultant at Bain. Tell him I hate his fucking guts. And I miss my family's lifestyle and standard of living. I want to go into management consulting now. I'm fine with the big tier, big four boutiques. Doesn't have to be an MBB. What are my options? Oh, oh, so you're going to go into management consulting with no real world experience and a degree that's, that has less value than my piss. My piss can actually, like, maybe water plants be used as fertilizer. But see, the arrogance is she doesn't really want to work. She doesn't want to work hard. She doesn't want to get into consulting now. I mean, switching from a liberal arts degree, especially gender studies, to a degree in business, it's just as lazy. Someone even told me I could aim for a top law school and aim for an MBB there with my high GPA and aptitude for test taking. If I got a 173 plus on the LSAT, a Harvard Law admit is likely, and I could, okay, it's it's delusional. And then the comments, the comments are precious where, um, Everybody is, is saying, oh, we could just read some of the comments. Uh, some people think it's boast, uh, a, a bogus. Uh, some people are picking on her. The, the comments are worth reading. Some people are still delusional, like, you keep going. You know that. All right, let me pull up this Wall Street Journal article. The rise and fall of a law school empire fueled by federal loans. 
Don Lively had a plan to bring more blacks and Hispanics into the practice of law while ass-raping them for all their money. No, I added that part. Uh, Mr. Lively, a professor who is white, set out to open a law school that would take minority students even if they had low test scores or did poorly in college. Using retirement savings, a loan from his father, and a check from a retired couple who read about him in the local paper, he opened up Florida Coastal Law School in 1996 in Jacksonville. To read the full story, I got to subscribe. Oh, really? Oh, I should have just copied and pasted it. Darn it. Hang on. Let me see if I can't find this. Hang on for a second. Okay, the Wall Street Journal article goes in about how uh, he was going to help the, the minorities. He was going to help the, the brown people. Because he just so cool. Like, he cares so much. Not that he was going to set up a Pell Grant sponge called his dipshit law school. Found another article here uh, from the Jackson Daily Re- Jacksonville Daily Record. Uh, school owner of Infolaw, which is inevitably the name of the corporation owns it, seeking nonprofit for purchase or partnership, Wall Street Journal says. Florida Coastal School of Law in Jacksonville is for sale or available for partnership, the Wall Street Journal reported Saturday. Naples-based Infini Law, owner of Florida Coastal and its sister for law, uh, for-profit law school, Arizona Summit School of Law of Phoenix, is in discussions with nonprofit schools to take over or partner with it in ownership of the schools, the journal said. The report highlights lower-than-average pass rates of both gra- of graduates of both schools in their pers- respective bar exams, lowered admission standards, financial difficulty at both schools, and high loan debt borne by students who either failed to pass the bar, dropped out, or were dismissed. But see, it doesn't matter. We, The whole world should lower standards because he is helping minorities. So we should help lower the standards, and we should not dismiss them. We should not fail them. They should just be passed along because you're racist and bigoted and homophobic otherwise, even though gays were never mentioned it, but let's just add as many isonisms. But, of course, not until, uh, not until this guy got all that, that sweet, juicy federal grant money and that's that, those Pell loans and those federal grants, right? Because they're going to make something of themselves. We're going to make something of ourselves. I, w- I wish they would break it down between male and female attendance because the women have really been sold. Uh, minority women have really been sold uh, the donkey shit on this one. And they, they couldn't, you couldn't get him a spoon big enough to eat that donkey shit fast enough. Minority women, oh, they're going to change the world. They're just so oppressed. They're brainwashed in co- K through college. And then when it comes to, I'm going to go to law and I'm going to fight the system. Hey, let me have a big honking vat, a steamy pile of donkey shit. I'm getting my law degree. And they're all going to these dipshit fly-by-night U law schools. Officials within Infi Law did not respond to requests for comments. Officials with Florida Coastal said they were willing to discuss the Wall Street Journal study but could not do so on Monday. The Daily Record reported in October that the American Bar Association noted, notified Florida Coastal that it may be significantly out of compliance with the ABA standards for approved law schools because of the performance of its graduates on their first sitting for the bar exam. The school received the letter on October 12th, noting that not only the bar results, but also stating that Florida Coastal is not in compliance with admission standards. But they're not supposed to have... That's affirmative action. We are supposed to hit... Look, American Bar Association. Professors, Americans, lend me your ears. The whole point of affirmative action and this guy, quote, charitable business was to lower standards 
so that minorities could get in. Now, if you're a real man or a real woman of the minority persuasion, you know that's insulting, that's disrespectful, and it's disgusting. And I say real man or woman of whatever minority persuasion because you are a real man and woman. You know there should be no lowering of standards. You want to achieve excellence, period. But that's not how 90% of the people in America think now. We have to lower the standards for the widow, for the minorities, minorities. Now, that's something to get pissed off about. But they don't say it like that. They say, ah, whitey's oppressing. Da, 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 da. What, so now, now that the shit has hit the fan and the, the women are eating, eating their donkey shit and realizing donkey shit doesn't get them a job over at uh, whatever, Simon & Schuster. No, that's a book publishing. What's a, some whippity-dickity law firm? Now they're starting to realize the cost and consequences of lowering standards in treating minorities like retarded little redheaded stepchildren. Now the but not not until how many professors, teachers, and owners of these schools made off with how many millions of dollars, and you guys are all holding the holding the, the 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 debtors note on that. You're all holding the student loans. You may not like me, but I'm the only friend you got because I'm the only one telling you the truth. <sighs> so there's got to be some confusion going on at the ABA and the left their academic law school circles. We're supposed to lower the standards, but then we'll be out of compliance and they won't pass the bar exam. Oh, no. We need to lower the bar exam. We need to make it an easier test for minorities. You know, like one plus one equals what? You know, put put the circle with the square and the square with the circle. Name these colors. You know, let's lower the stand. Let's lower, look, you can't, you can't lower the standards in the education and the application process to the school and then send them to take a normal test, they need to lower the standards of the test. And if you don't do it, that's racist. Oh, the insane life of, of, uh, of leftists. Uh, Specifically, that a law school shall not admit participants who do not appear capable of satisfactorily completing its program and being admitted to the bar. (laughs) Oh, now you tell us. But you're crushing their dreams. It's my dreams. You should see it. You should see it when I was at Twitter fad going on, all these women, women in education or something like that, women with degrees. And these girls were all excited and proud because they got their, their donkey shit degree from donkey shit law you. They thought that, and that was it. That was the peak. That was, that was, that was the uh, supernova before the star collapsed into a small little puny rock. Florida Coastal Dean Scott DeVito, hey, bippity boppity boppity boo, responded that he believes the ABA Accreditation Committee was reaching to results of the February Florida bar exam in which 25% of Florida coastal graduates who took the exam for the first time passed. <laughs> the Florida average is 56.1% for graduates of all in-state law schools. Five months later, 47.7% of Florida coastal graduates sitting for the first time at the July exam passed, compared to 68.4% for all Florida law school graduates. DeVito added, the ultimate pass rate for Florida coastal graduates is in the high 90s. The ultimate pass, what, they got to take a, bun- a bunch of different tests? And I, I don't believe Mr. DeVito. Hang on, let's take a look at Florida Coastal and see what, I want to see if it's male or females that got hoodwinked into this one. Florida, remember, boys, 
it, women are kicking your ass because you're not going to school and graduating at the same rates they are. <laughs> oh. Prepared, practice, ready for today's... Oh, take a look here. All right. Wait a minute. There's white people. I thought this was supposed to be a minority school. Who's culturally diverse? Why are there all white kids in here? Oh, I bet you these are just models. Oh, these are... Yeah, this is not... Yeah, that's not... These are just... If you're trying to attract minorities, why do you put up white folk? Student life. Okay, it is minorities. All right, it's predominantly all my... Wow, there's one white chick here. And two guys, six girls, five girls. Girl, girl. Oh, those deans, hang on. I want to know. Student portal... Maybe if I did an image search. I just want to see. I'm, I'm almost sure, guys, that it's it's predominantly women. Oh, let's do images. Oh, yeah. It's in a strip mall. Okay. Okay, here we got a picture of the cafeteria. Yeah, it's about two to one. Gals to guys. Here's another image. Is this the same? Yeah, that's another picture. Three guys, nine girls. Yeah, let's call it a two to one. So you girls, you girls uh, fell for it. I don't know how you girls are, minority women are just so oppressed. You're just so oppressed by your own hand. Don't blame Whitey on this one. For you going to dipshit, donkey shit, you. Uh, the ABA asked Florida Coastal to submit a report on its com- compliance with the standards and to appear before its accreditation committee when it convenes March 15th through 17th in Williamsburg, Virginia. This isn't the first time the ABA expressed concerns with infi laws, schools, admission standards, and bar exam results. The ABA put the Charlotte School of Law on probation for similar results in November 2016. That school closed in August. The ABA also put the Arizona Summit Law School in Phoenix on probation in March based on the school's 25% bar exam passage rate. What's it like just keeping the dream going? That's really what I guess they're paying for. Like as, as the time comes that you would never have to be an adult and, and leave school, you'll pay, what, $100,000 a year just to kick the can down the road another year? I'm going to go help with social justice. Who are you going to work for? A nonprofit? You do understand what the word nonprofit means. There's no money. So, how are you going to pay off your $300,000? Stop being racist and sexist! Never mind. I'll just take my stupid Western civilization logic and questioning somewhere else. Florida Coastal Law was founded in 1996 by law professor Don Lively with the goal of providing more minority students a pathway to poverty. And, no, I'm t- <laughs> it says destitution. No. Students do a pathway to a legal career even if their academic record fell short of law school admission standards, the Wall Street Journal reported. 
After some initial success, the journal reports there were about 4,000 students enrolled at the three Infi Law Schools combined in 2012. Enrollment has since declined sharply. Thousands of students have dropped out, transferred, or failed bar exams, and they cannot pay down more than the $1 billion in federal student loans. So let me guess. Whitey's oppressing you, and, and let's not forget men with penises, the penide people. The penide people out there are also oppressing you girls because the majority of you that went to this college are girls. And they're oppressing you because you took a billion of their money? It is the taxpayer's money. Us, us penide people and us gentlemen and, and women of the white skin variety, we disproportionately, and there's some minorities out there too, by the way. Don't think it's just whites and, and penide people. Uh, we have guaranteed these loans as taxpayers. You know, the guys who work jobs and produce and make all this shit happen in this world. So us, disproportionately penide and whitey, have lent you that money. And let me guess, you're not going to pay it back and you're going to blame it on discrimination. Huh? Huh? You're, you're, you know you're damned to a world of misery and, and, and mental illness, right? Delusion. You're going to be delusional. Until you get this basic concept of who pays for what and where does the money come from and basic economics are like you, you just can't play patty cake and live in academia your entire life. Until you grow up, like actually become an adult, not when you have pubes. I don't care how many single children you are, children you have from five different fathers. I don't care, ladies. Until you grow up and become a, an intellectual adult and take responsibility for your actions, you are damning yourself to a world of delusion. Oh, oh, disproportionately penide people and people of the whitey whites and a, a good third of minorities, all of us who actually work jobs are the ones who actually produce and, and make the world go around. Yes, we're going to have to subsidize you and the seven other kids you're going to have from eight other men. We're going to have to subsidize. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get us in that regard. But in the end, we're going to have way better lives. We're not delusional. And, and we're not going to be... I mean, how do you recover from that? Quarter million dollars in lo- loans, I imagine. You're 30. You're, you come from a school that no one is going to hire you from. But you kept that dream going for three more years, huh? You're so proud. Which may have I'm so proud. I love it when they get excited that they got accepted in the law school. That's my favorite. Like uh, law school lemmings, I gotta follow him on Twitter again. Maybe I should send this to him on Twitter. Uh, law school lemmings. He he always would highlight um, these people on Twitter. Say I just got accepted in the law school, and like every girl predominantly, and some idiot guys would come in there. You go. That's my girl. I'm so proud of you. It's like I just got accepted into hell. I sh- I just got accepted into the club for herpes. What the hell is wrong with you people? I know, I know. You're all strong, independent, don't need no man, fish, bicycle, uh, independent woman. According to the information provided by the ABA, a change in ownership of Florida Coastal could affect the timing of any disciplinary action, adding that all such situations are considered on a case-by-case basis. However, any change in ownership must be approved by accreditation committee councils defined by section one. It reads, before a law school makes a major change in its program of legal education or organizational structure, it shall obtain the acquiescence of counsel for the change. Uh, Meanwhile, Florida Coastal earlier this month submitted a 70-page report to the ABA accreditation committee in response to noncompliance allegations. We are fully compliant based on our data. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. 
and all of our projections indicate we will stay in compliance, DeVito said at the time. However, if the committee disputes the data in the response, DeVito and Florida will appear before the ABA Accreditation Committee. Well, I'm sure they're fine. They are lawyers at one of the finest schools, law schools. They would be able to defend themselves. Let's look up this Don Lively. See if he ever worked a real job. Oh. No, that's the main website. Donald Lively. Co-creator, founding, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Based on student outcomes, experience, success, the mood court competition, author of more than 20 books on subjects including constitutional law, race, gender, and civil rights, freedom of speech, and the judicial process. See, he's a good liberal. We should be able to find him on, uh, let's see what his books are. Let's Kill Whitey by Donald Lively. Now let's go to Amazon. Okay, maybe these are First Amendment cases, problems, and materials. Okay, here he is. Oh, doesn't link to his understanding of the First Amendment. The Constitution and race. Two hundred eight pages. Kindle hardcover. It's got any ratings? Oh, it's all used. All right, we don't have to worry about. Oh, here it is, ranked eight million. <laughs> oh, of course, it's written in nineteen ninety two. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go through it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad to see you liberals once again helping out the minorities. There, way to go! You've just financially ruined what four thousand students have gone through that school. You ruined four thousand students' lives. Because you you didn't want to treat them as equals. You want to treat them as inferiors. You want to lower the standards and charge them an ass buttload of tuition along the way, by the way. Uh, that, way to go. Once again, why is Detroit so shitty? It's because we held minorities to such high standards. That's, that's why. It's because of racism. <laughs> All right, that's it. Um, Hey, uh, what else we got? The Betterment. If you are looking to invest in an IRA... Use uh, the old Captain's Betterment affiliate program. That's what I'm going to use when I inevitably get around to getting an IRA. And um, I'm, I'm building up a little bit of money for something else. Uh, but you can go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. I think it's going to be on the right side, the right image banners, down below. Click on the Betterment thing. Same thing as Amazon. You sign up. I get a commission. You don't pay anything extra. Uh, we have my other two books, Captain Capitalism, Top Shelf, and Reserved. Uh, those are the best of my blog posts. You can find those on Amazon.com, paperback and Kindle. If you're looking to buy Precious Middle, go to mngoldbuyer.com or just call my buddy Mike, 763-657-7843. That's 763-657-7843. My buddy's name is Mike. Tell him that the captain sent you. Remember, everybody, each individual, ideally has 200 ounces of silver. And once you buy that, 
Once you buy your 200 ounces of silver, you're done. You don't have to buy any more precious metals. You don't have to get wifey put the fucking gold with the thing and the brooch and the and the diamond. You got your 200 pieces of silver. You can betray Jesus a lot of times or pay Judas to betray Jesus a lot of times or however, I don't know how, what a shekel is, uh, but you're good to go. And then finally, my two classes. If you are interested in learning about investing in the stock market or a more advanced class on how to value stocks, we have my introductory course called Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. That's for like you beginning rookie noobs, like you know nothing about the stock market or mutual funds or bonds. That goes, it hands holds you through it. It's a mile wide and an inch, inch deep. You'll understand like what the stock market is, what mutual funds are, what retirement plans are, what is a 401k, what's a 529, and uh, it gives you enough to be dangerous and ruin your life forever. Uh, if you want to learn some of the, the class that I like more, it's called the Analysis Evaluation of Stocks. That teaches you basically the first half is an accounting course. Teaches how to read financial statements, do a balance sheet, do an income statement, do a cash flow statement. And the other half is the theory behind what drives it. Well, how do you price a stock? All right, it, it pays this much in a dividend. Well, what does that value it as? Uh, and then what are the economic variables and outside factors that affect stock valuation? So um, I know probably what's more utilitarian is, is stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. But I prefer the analysis evaluation of stocks. In either case, remember, middle-aged to grandmother-aged women... Take this class, okay? It's your grandma that's there. No cursing or swearing. No, oh gosh, I hate Obama and go Trump. None of that stuff. We're on our own best behavior, okay? People are there to learn. Uh, and then to find the class, you could take it online. It's offered at hundreds of different places. It doesn't really matter where you take it. Uh, so wherever it's cheapest, you can go ahead and shop around a bit. But the best way to find that class is to search the titles. Stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. And then the analysis, evaluation of stocks. Just search that on the Googs. And you'll find it. Um, otherwise, that's it. Vote, like, comment, su- uh, subscribe, and share. Especially, let's see if we can get my subscribership on YouTube up to uh, above 37,000. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, men, check your notes for testicular cancer. Ladies, remember, just because the big oafish men on that floor sports ball field are wearing pink gloves or throwing a pink ball or have pink laces... That doesn't stop cancer. Nor does your donating money to the Suman G. Komen Foundation stop cancer. You know what stops cancer? Mammograms. They're not fun and they're a little chilly, but go get one before you die. He's just so mean. He told me to get a mammogram and told me something I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you kids later. Toodles.